Hill, all you brave travelers, so glad you're here. I'm going to start you off with a quote, as I've done the last four weeks. If you don't know where you're going, then you'll end up someplace else. Yogi Bear, I don't know much about his personal life, but I love his quotes. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. Do you all know any of Yogi Bear's quotes? One of them is, People don't go to eat there anymore because they're so busy. Okay. He also said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. He is just one of these guys that have these witty comments like it's never over till it's over. Or it's deja vu all over again. Anyway, glad y'all enjoyed that so much. We've been, we've been in a series the last few weeks on if-then, taking scriptures from what Jesus said from the New Testament, from the Old Testament, where it says, if you do this, then God will do this, or if you do this, then this will happen. And I've uh, been trying to take um, areas of your life, areas of practical application, maybe things that you're battling, maybe questions that you've had. And today's no different. I want to ask you a question, or I began to ask myself this question. What is in me? What really is in me? Have you ever had something slip out of your mouth and you thought, who was that? Who just said that? Where did that come from? I didn't even know that that was in me. Maybe you ask yourself this question, what am I really connected to? What is the driving force of my life? Do you ever ask yourselves these questions like, what am I really made of? Why do I get thrown off target so easily? Can anybody relate to that? A bump hits, you're going good, you're doing awesome, and a bump in the road, you, you hit a bump in the road, and you completely go off the track. It's so easy to get off track. Why do I take things so badly? I've had somebody say something to me one time, and me react in a way that, didn't make any sense. Why did that bother me so much? What's really in me? Well, let's look at Scripture. John chapter 8, verse 51. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, here's the if then, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that your word is directly from you. Lord, we acknowledge that your word is true. But Lord, we also acknowledge that your word is directly for us. And I just ask you today, Holy Spirit, that we would hear your voice, that we would take this as truth, and that, Lord, that we would walk in it, and that we would not waver from it. I thank you that you are faithful to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. One of the most quoted and known scriptures from the gospel is John 3.16 who says, Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. With Christ, death is defeated. With Christ, death is defeated. Now we are all going to experience a natural death unless Jesus comes back. That death is not defeated, but eternal death is defeated in Christ. That's a pretty cool deal, isn't it? That when we receive Christ, we receive life. We receive eternal life. Life forever. This side of our life is so much short compared to eternity. 
but we are guaranteed life. With Christ, death is defeated. But I also believe that in keeping God's word, in keeping with God's word, in walking out God's word, in speaking out God's word, then there will be life in all that we do. That we will bring life to all that we do. What do I mean? I mean that we have the capability with Christ, with Christ in us, to bring life to broken marriages. Amen? To bring life to relationships. Do you have any relationships that are dead or are dying? I believe that with Christ, we can bring life to that relationship. That we can bring life to our jobs. A vibrant, exciting life. God's Word teaches us that He came to give life, but He also came to give life more abundant. We all know this scripture, John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Life in God's Word, living in God's Word, is alive and it's abundant. All aspects of life, not just one little function of life, but life. My life consists of my life. And the Lord came to give me an abundant life. God affects your whole life abundantly. Now, the cynic in me, Kind of wants to think, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Abundant life. Kind of gets on my nerves. I'm not, I, you're talking about an abundant life. You come to church, they talk about abundant life. But my life is not abundant. No part of my life is abundant. Yeah, I know Christ. I gave my, my, my life to Christ when I was young. And I, I do the church thing. But I would not define my life as abundant. Can anybody relate? I'm just saying the cynic in me, sometimes, I, sometimes we hear things about these, these great things, but that's not where my life is. And I want to try to relate to maybe where you are, to maybe you say, my life's not abundant. So, I want to encourage you, today, is, God has a word for you today. This word's for you. I almost messed up this morning and said, this bud's for you, but I didn't. This word's for you. This word's for you. God has a word for you today, whether you're trying to check this church thing out and this God thing out, or maybe you're a seasoned Christian trying to follow God and having some challenges. Today's word is for you. Is your life abundant? I want you to take inventory of your mind, of your life. Is it abundant? It says that he who keeps my word shall never see death. God did not just come to bring life. God did not just come to defeat death. He came to give you an abundant life. I am supposed to have an abundant life. What is abundant? It is existing or available in large quantities. Plentiful. Having plenty of something. And when it refers to God and what he has for us, it's not plenty of not good stuff. You may say, I have an abundance, but it's an abundance of stuff I don't want. God's abundance is good. Does that define your life? You may say, no, pastor, it doesn't. I'm out of gas. I don't have a full tank. Well, I want you to know it's time to fill up. And the word today, the the question I want to ask you today that I want really to get into your mind is what word do you stand on? You stand on some word. What word is it? And I want to ask you, 
Is it the weather? How many of you stayed on the edge of your seat looking at what the weather was doing this last week? And did your life reflect what the weatherman said? Whatever he said, that's what you did. Go to Walmart and try to go get milk and bread. It's the craziest thing. Someone says snow and everybody thinks they've got to go buy milk and bread. Okay, uh, they'll make more. There's cows still producing milk. There will, there will be more milk, and Walmart hardly ever closes. But go wipe them out. That's fine. My kids on Monday or Sunday got out their iPods and their iPhones and looked out the window and said, Dad, this app says it's going to snow at 7 o'clock and it's not snowing. Eight o'clock. Dad, it says it's going to snow at eight o'clock and it's not snowing. And I finally said, I don't want to see that app again this whole week. I don't want to hear about what the weather is saying. Now, because I worked in a car wash for seven years, I really have an issue with weather people. And I mean, it's real. I developed a true hate for weather people because they're never right. And it affected our business. Whether they were right or wrong, it affected our business. If they said it was going to rain, even though it was completely sunny, no chance of rain anywhere, no clouds anywhere, it affected us. I hate the I'm kidding, I don't hate the weatherman. But it drives me nuts. What I finally said was, kids, I don't want to hear about the weather app anymore. I want you to stick your head out the window and look. And that's what the weather's doing. Think of that. Look out the window. Dad, it says it's supposed to snow. What'd they say, nine or ten inches on Monday morning and we got an inch of ice? Not following that word. That word did not lead me the right way. What word are you following? Are you following a horoscope? You will will come across someone interesting today. Duh! Don't follow a horoscope. They're horrible. That was kind of a pun. Anyway, that was free. Do you follow Oprah? Okay. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It says, man shall not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live by a word. We live by the word. But the problem is, many times we're living by the wrong word. What word are you living by? Even though we work hard, we get educated, we bust our tails to succeed, the problem is we're following the wrong word. Now, I want to give you an image or a a picture, something to put this with. Imagine you're given a map, and this map has your life goal on it, the destination of your life goal. And let's say it's a map of Chicago, and your life goal is in Chicago, and that, that life goal that you're trying to achieve, let's say a soldier field where the Bears play. Now, I know your life goal is not to go to, some of, of it might be, but is not to go to soldier field in Chicago. Maybe it is to raise your kids successfully. Maybe it is to have a successful marriage. Maybe it is to do well with your finances. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it is to serve in your church. But imagine that map says Chicago at the top and you're trying to make it to Soldier Field. That is raising your kids successfully, okay? Y'all get it? But by some unforeseen reason, no one's fault, you're given a map of Detroit, but it says Chicago on it and you don't know it. 
you've got the wrong map and you don't know it. You think it's right and you're going to follow it. Do you know that no matter how much effort you give, do you know that no matter how great your personality is, no matter how positive of an attitude that you have, and no matter how hard you work at, you're not going to get to your destination? No matter what. What you're going to do is you're going to get to that wrong place quicker, probably because you're working so hard. It's good to work hard. It's good to have a good per- personality. It's good to be positive. But no matter what, you're not going to reach your destination. You're going to reach a wrong destination. Until we have the right map, the amount of work on our attitudes or on our personality and our work ethic is not going to help us. Once we have the right map, then that work will help improve our ability to succeed. Now, listen to me, church. I'm going to give you two or three um, pretty big statements that, that I don't want to go over your head. Our promises, our godly promises, and our promises of success and of, of uh, breakthrough and of healing are directly attached to God's Word. Everybody say amen. Our promises and our success ability are directly connected to God's Word. If we are following the wrong Word, we do not have those promises to be standing on. Even with our best efforts, we will not reach our destination. So I want to ask you, what word are you living by? And what's funny is we seldom question that word that we're following. We just follow it. Why do we follow it? Because our parents did it? Anybody ever follow things that your parents did and you don't know why you do it? You just do it that way? Have you ever done that for for a long five, ten years then you realize, why am I doing it like this? This doesn't work. You ever had one of those moments? This doesn't work. I'm going to have to change. Well, are you following because your parents did it? Are you following because an actor or an athlete said to do it? Do that. Follow people you know. Follow people that have proven to be true, to be faithful. Don't follow an actor that says something because you like their movies. You have no idea what's going on in their life. Who are you following? All right, listen to me. The way we see things is the source of the way we think and act. The way we see things is the source of the way we think and act. And if you look really deeply at it, the way we see things is the product of the things we seek. I know y'all are thinking, the way we see things is the product of the things we seek. You know what scripture says to do first, Matthew 6.33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What we seek, what we see is the product of what we seek. Pretty deep if you'll let that sink in for just a minute. This reinforces the idea that we do not see the world as it is. We see the world as we're conditioned to see it.
you need to have a paradigm shift. Church on the Hill, we need to have a paradigm shift. We need to have an aha moment where we recognize we're going the wrong way. We're following the wrong thing. We're going in the wrong direction. I have the wrong map. I've got great effort. I've got a great attitude. I'm working hard, but I'm following the wrong map. Has anyone here ever gotten the wrong map? You ever gotten an old map? You ever had your GPS and you didn't update it and there's new roads and you're, you're, you're on the GPS but there is no road where you are? On the GPS, there is a road, you're on it. You're not like Michael Scott and going to drive into the water. But you're on, you're, your GPS doesn't have a road where you are. Kind of a, a bad feeling when you're completely reliant on that GPS. We're, we need a paradigm shift. You know what a paradigm is? A paradigm is a model. It's a standard. We need a different standard. It moves us from thinking one way to thinking a totally different way. Now hear me, church. Unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, the way we see the problem is the problem. The way we see the problem is the problem. Have you ever had someone come to you with a problem that they can just see? They've got tunnel vision and they can just see it one way and you're able to zoom out and say, wait a minute, it doesn't look like what you're looking at. There is a way, there is hope, there is a way to get free here. So many times the way we see the problem is our problem. I can tell you that it's hard for me sometimes to be told that I'm wrong, but I'm so thankful when I can realize that there is the, a better way, that I've been going the wrong way, and this is the right way. I hate following the wrong way. Look at what uh, Albert Einstein said. The significant problems we have cannot be solved at the same level of thinking with which we created them. Don't let this go over your head. I know you've got to think for just a minute. But the problems that we have can't be solved at the same level of thinking with which we created them. What does that mean? We can't get out of the problems that we're in with the same thinking. We've got to change. We've got to think differently. You remember it's Albert Einstein who said, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and over and expecting a different result. We've got to change our thinking. Elizabeth and I, a few years ago, 10 or so years ago, really faced, faced a challenge in our finances. We've talked about it before. And it's not a challenge that we just overnight woke up to. We literally took ourselves down a certain path and dug ourselves into a hole. Nobody dug that hole for us. We dug it ourselves. We went there on purpose. We didn't know we were going the wrong way. We didn't know we were following the wrong map, but we had the wrong map. I had education, I had a business degree, I'd been in business for seven or so years, thought I knew everything, thought I knew how to do the checkbook, I mean, I thought I knew everything. Elizabeth, we were together. We didn't know, she says she was a free spirit, didn't know what we were doing, until we ran out of money. 
And uh, you know, it's funny how when you hit the, when you hit the bottom, you have, to, you have to go somewhere. Elizabeth said last week, when you, when you find yourself in hell, keep walking. Don't stay there. But we had to make a shift, and we had to realize there is a different way. So what did we do? We started studying. We started asking. We started learning. We took the Dave Ramsey class. We read his books. We heard Joe McGee's financial seminar. We studied and studied and studied. But I want you to know that knowledge isn't enough. Do you know that to learn and not to do is not to learn? To know and not to do is not to know. We had to have a paradigm shift, a change in our life, a change in our, so much of a change that we acted upon it. That's a paradigm shift. Oh, there is a better way, an aha moment that, that empowers us to move in action using those principles. And you know, it was such a huge change in our life, change in our paradigm, a literal change in our character But I want you to know, it was more than that. It was a change in us. We had to change. Literally had to change. We had the wrong root view of how to handle our money. Aristotle says that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Excellence isn't an act, it's a habit. So as we go back to John chapter 8, I want to ask you, I want to now apply this to your walk with Christ. Are you a Christ follower? Are you a disciple of Christ? It says in John chapter 8 verse 31, it says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So now I would guess... If we're thinking, if we're wanting to, to walk with Christ, to, to, to fulfill this, this calling of following Christ, do we follow Christ? It says that if we do, then we're, we must abide in His Word. So what does that mean to abide? It means to accept or to act in accordance with, to continue without fading. It means to live, to dwell. Do we dwell in Christ If I do, if I accept and act in accordance to his word, I am a Christ disciple. Well, the opposite must also be true. If I do not abide in his word, I am not a disciple. Amen? I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to give you information. And hopefully, I'm I'm hoping the light goes off in your life. Because I want you to know, if you will walk in abiding in his word... God is going to move so supernaturally in your life that you will not be able to contain it. That scripture that uh, Justin gave us in Proverbs, it's, it, it's, it's not, it, you, 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 I mean, my head's about to explode. I can't say it in words. What God wants to do in your life. Is everybody okay? Did God call? okay you're not bothering me put it on mute let me ask you this are you withering are you dying on the vine do you feel like you're just it's just it's just not happening for you john chapter 15 verse 6 
says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into a fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words in you abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Church on the Hill, one section of this scripture is bad. Another section of the scripture is good. One we want to follow, the other one we don't. Sitting out here and enjoying and seeing good scriptures put up there is not enough. We have to apply. We have to walk. Our finances would not have changed if all we did was go take the Dave Ramsey class. We had to apply. It's like downloading an app and never applying it. It just sits on your phone and never gets used. Withering, burning out, no abundance. Would you say that's me? If you do, then I want to say you're not abiding in the word. You're not abiding. What do you abide in? What is constantly coming out of your mouth? Now, let me just tell you. Um, I, I, I am borderline obsessed with certain things. Some of you may say, no, it's not borderline. You are obsessed with them. But that's between me and God, and I think, I'm, I think we're good. I, I talked to him about it, but sometimes I've, I've crossed the line. Other times I haven't. But it's evident what I abide in. It's evident what I'm obsessed in. What, are you, what do you abide in? Do you abide in your work? Do you abide in your kids? Do you abide in uh, hobbies? Can I just tell you? That's okay. That's normal. That's completely normal. But where is God? Is God only something that comes up whenever you have a disaster? Is that the only time that God enters your life? Because that's not abiding. I know what I abide in. I know where my time goes. I know where my thoughts goes. I know where my words goes. I can find out real quick where I am by just taking account of how my day goes. Where's God? Is God there? Do I abide in Him? Abiding is living. It's dwelling. Where do you dwell? This week, the kids were home all week, and I, I just started to recognize I needed to, I needed to find a way to connect to them. It's easy to let your weeks go by and never connect. It's so easy. So what I did was I started playing cards with the kids, and I played Sorry with the kids and sorry is a funny game to play if y'all ever remember the game um, because you're con constantly hurting the other person and sorry you know it really doesn't help I kind of get tired of hearing sorry I just would like you to stop knocking me out knock someone else out and my personality is I knock people out to win but I started to recognize some of my kids were knocking each other out just because they wanted to knock each other out and I'm like, why would you do that? Don't you want to win? No, I really just want to knock this person out. And I'm like, well, I can see what's in your heart. And it's funny. Uh, but here we go. When we're sitting at the, at the table and playing together, we can't get away from each other. We, st we start connecting. It's funny. It's kind of surfacy sometimes, but it's connecting. And you know what? That's abiding. We're living together. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. We're encountering each other. 
I'm dragging you away from Netflix and from your iPod to look me in the face and play a mean game of sorry. I'm not kidding. Look me in the eyes. You're not going to knock me out. Knock her out. That's your better move. We've got to connect. We've got to dwell. In dwelling in Christ comes an abundant life. That's where the abundance is, is you're dwelling with the Lord. Living a good life, doing good things, being a good person will not do it. Being good is good, but it does not lead to salvation. It does not lead to your breakthrough. It does not lead to your healing. It does not lead to your restored marriage. There are broken marriages where the two people treat each other okay. If being good was enough, Christ wouldn't have had to have died. Galatians chapter 3 says, the law, it, Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. You cannot do this on your own. It must be with Christ. Christ is the answer. Abiding in Christ. And you may say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It said, abide in my word. Glad you asked. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4. In him was life, and, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John chapter 1 verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Your relationship to Christ. Church on the Hill, if you believe you to be a Christ follower, if you believe that you are a Christian, your relationship to Christ is directly connected to your relationship to the Word. Your relationship to the Word is a relationship to Christ. Christ is the Word made flesh. I don't believe you can have a relationship with Christ and not have a relationship with the Word. I don't believe you can have a relationship with the Word and not have a relationship with Christ. They are one and the same. So many times we hear, I, hear, I hear people and, and people will say, how do you have that relationship with Christ? How does that work? It starts by the relationship with the Word. Get to know the Word. As you get to know the Word, you will get to know Christ. Not just by information, but as you begin, begin to abide in that Word and get connected to that Word, He begins to connect with you personally. He begins to connect with you by His Holy Spirit. He begins to connect with you by His presence. It is the most amazing thing ever. You must, church, abide in the Word. If you will abide in the Word, you will never see death. If you will abide in the word and the word in you, then you will ask for what you desire and you will receive it. If, remember, on the if-thens, if you do not fulfill the if, there is no then. 
Now, you may be standing on the fence. You may be new to this church thing. I want to give you a challenge. Find a Christ follower friend. Find that person that just gets on your very last nerve saying all this great stuff all the time. And go to them and say, my life is falling apart. Give me a scripture for, for what I'm walking through. And I want you to stand on that scripture and follow that scripture and let the Lord prove himself to be true. He is true. He will be true to his word. If you're trying to find Christ, if you're trying to find the answer to life, and, you're, and you follow his word, he will prove faithful. He will. Give him that chance. If you're a Christ follower and you're struggling, you need to find a word for what you're walking through and stand on it. Follow it. Stick with it. And let him prove himself faithful. I want you to know he is faithful to his word. God is faithful. He is faithful. I mean, that's what we sang. Is it just a song to you? No. He. He is real to me. Amen. We all stand up with me and let's pray together. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor Paul, I am ready to receive Christ. My life does not work. My life is not working my way. I need a new way. I want you to know that Christ is that way. And scripture says that he stands at the door and knocks. And if you will just open the door, he will come in. It says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you just right where you are, just call on him. Jesus, I open the door to my heart. Come in and save me. Forgive me of my sins. I don't like the way I've been going and I choose a new way. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor Paul, I've received Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I don't abide in the Word. I just want to speak a word over you as I just pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your Word, and I thank you that in your Word are the answers to the problems that we're, be, that we're faced with. I thank you that in your Word there is hope for my situation. I thank you that in your word there are answers to, to help my broken marriage, to help my broken finances, to help my broken body. Lord, this week I commit to get into your word and I just ask you as I do, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would show me, would show me what to stand on. The word of God says that he is Jehovah Rophi, he is the Lord your healer. It would be his great pleasure to heal you of your diseases. Jesus came to heal all diseases. Scripture tells us that he gives us the ability to gain wealth. He gives us those great ideas. He's also a God of favor. He puts us in, in a place at the right time, at the right place. He says that the, the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Would you seek him this week? Seek him by his word. And Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come as we seek you. And to speak directly into our hearts what the Father is saying. Give us those words of how to walk out where we are. 
walk out of hell right where we are. Thank you, Lord. I just speak blessings over you. As we abide in your word, Lord, your word says that you will bless us. Your word says that if we will take your word and if we will walk it out, that the blessings of God will find us and overtake us. We don't even have to go looking for them. You will find us. Let us fulfill the if of abiding in your word. And God, we trust you to fulfill the then. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If our prayer teams would go ahead and come on up.